the joy of the Lord to come down. Want the joy of the Lord to fall now. Want the joy of the Lord in my life. I want the joy of the Lord to lift me. Want the joy of the Lord to change me. Want the joy of the Lord in my life. Sing it again. I want the joy. I want the joy of the Lord to come down. I want the joy of the Lord to fall now. I want the joy of the Lord in
faithful people. That has nothing to do with our circumstances, Lord. It has to do with who you are and who you are to us. Thank you, Father, for your joy, for your love.
preached a little, a little mini-sermon about that to y'all, about him being righteous in all of his ways, perfect in all of his ways toward us. That was probably over a month ago, well over a month ago when we sang that. When you make those kinds of proclamations, when you sing those kinds of words, when you when those words, those kinds of phrases and words and truth begin to sink down into your spirit and you begin to believe them, then you need to be prepared to put your trust where your mouth is. Since we sang that song the last time and since I preached that mini sermon, many of you know I injured my back, haven't been able to work now in almost six weeks. Almost, no, almost two months. Almost two months. I spent the night in the hospital Tuesday night with a new, a new addition to all of that. But I stand here before you today and I sang that song and I still believe it with all my heart. That he is righteous in all of his ways toward us. Now, we have at least one of our people today that's not feel, maybe not feeling quite that way. Maybe struggling with feeling that he is righteous in all of his ways. Janie's not here with us today because Janie's sister passed away on Thursday. And we knew she was sick. And we knew that unless God performed some sort of a miracle that it was only a matter of time and as it turns out, for whatever reason, God in his sovereignty decided to not perform that miracle. Or you may say, well, he did perform a miracle and then she's healed completely and she's healed totally and she's healed fully. Never to suffer again. But I want you to keep Jane in your prayers and um, maybe you would want to send her a note or a card or something, and just let her know that you're praying for her. Um, and we're going to pray for her right now. Um, but remember what we talked about yet last week? I mentioned this to you last week. We're a body. We're a community of believers. What happens when one of our one happens when one part of our body hurts? The whole body hurts. The whole body hurts. So let's pray for Jane today. We also want to pray for uh, um, for Annie. Um, Annie's on some new medication, and it's um, it's as it begins to do its work, it's also messing with her body and with her mind and and so forth. And so we want to just we want to just pray for her. I, I'm going to go back and lay hands on her in just a moment. 
but just, just pray for her. And um, so let's just come together. Let's just pray together. Father, we just, we come to you today because you really are a good father. And it's an incredible thing to be loved by you. Your, your word tells us, oh, what manner of love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. We thank you, Father, for the incredible love that you demonstrated. Your, your word says that you demonstrated your love. You didn't just talk about it, but you demonstrated your love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There can never be a time, Father, from now until the end of time where we would ever have the right to question whether you love us or not because you demonstrated that love for us the day that Jesus hung on the cross and died for our sins. So you are a good, good Father and we are loved by you. It's who we are. So today, Father, I want to pray for our sister Jane and I. Father, only those who've lost a sister, who's lost a sibling, would be able to relate to the, to the hurt that she's sensing right now and feeling right now, the sense of loss. Father, I just, I just pray for her. We sang a song this morning that you are the great I am, which means that you are all things to all people at all times. And right now, Lord, in the pain and in the, in the anxiousness and in the uncertainty, may you be Jehovah Shalom, the Lord God, our peace. May you bring a peace to Jane that is inexplainable. There's no way to explain the peace that floods over her because of the presence of your Holy Spirit right now. Thank you, Father. And Lord, I just want to pray for Annie. And Father, we thank you for doctors and for medicine. And Lord, in our own lives, we're so thankful for doctors and medicine. And but... We know that healing comes from you, and so we just lay our hands on Annie right now, Lord, and we just say, Lord, this new medicine that she's on, Lord, I, I just thank you that you've given people the, the ability to, to develop these medicines that help us. We acknowledge that healing is yours and yours alone, but we thank you for them, and now I just pray that this medicine, as it's doing her job, her body will adjust to it, and Father, the results will be that you will strengthen her, raise her up. Father, we know that she, that she loves you. She wants to serve you in every way. Give her the strength to do that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And then, Lord, as we... 
we just want to thank you for we just want to thank you for the, the ability the privilege the opportunity to give into your kingdom Lord we know you don't need our money you don't need our money your word says you own the cattle on a thousand hills all the gold and silver and everything that's in this earth all the minerals and everything it's all yours it all belongs to you you don't need our money but what you do need is our obedience what you do require is that we obey Jesus said if you love me you'll obey me and so in obedience to you out of a heart of gratitude to you out of out of a heart that wants to see your kingdom expanded we give into your kingdom by way of tithes offerings and gifts and we just ask that you would multiply it and use it Lord in Jesus name we pray amen Still not quite there, but let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you have made available to us as your people. Father, I pray that you will open our hearts and minds so that we will live and act as children of the King. That we will think like children of the King. And the world will see us, not just as children of the King, but they will see us and they will know that we are different because we are children of the King. In Jesus' name, amen.
I'd, I'd like if you have your Bibles and you want to follow in your Bibles, we're going to be in Ephesians today. We're going to be in Ephesians for the next few weeks. I love the book of Ephesians. And I think it has so many things that we need to hear, and I think we are reminded of. Uh, you may be very, very familiar with the book of Ephesians, um, but I think we, it, it never hurts for us to be reminded of what it is that God has done for us. And uh, because it's very easy, I mean, I was talking, I was talking with some folks yesterday at the, at the festival, and uh, we talked a little bit about things that go on, you know, you, you, you plan things and you want to do things, and the next thing you know, life gets in your way. Life gets in the way. Um, or life, ha- I don't want to say it gets in the way, life happens. I mean, how many times have you said to somebody, you've met an old friend somewhere, and hey, great to see you. You know what, we really need to do dinner or lunch or whatever. Yes, we do. Let's plan to do that. And you go, let's just, yes, we're going we're gonna to plan, plan to do that. We'll, we'll call, and the next thing you know, six, eight months, ten months, a year's gone by, and you still didn't know what happened. Well, once you left and were in that moment, life got in the way. It just does. Uh, or I, I, better to say life happens, and, and we just get, we get caught up into the moment. And uh, uh, I was talking to one of the girls from the, from the center yesterday because I had seen what it, uh, the, I had seen on Facebook the report of the, of the girl that had escaped. And uh, so I, I just started talking to, I think it was Kathy that I was sitting there talking to. And, uh, and we were talking about the fact that if you, if you are only living in the moment, if you only live in the moment where you are right now, you know, some people will say, live in the moment. Yeah, but if you just live in the moment, then, then you don't look past what you're doing in the moment, and you know that every action and every thought and everything that you do has consequences in the future. So if you just live in the moment, you can get yourself in, a, in, in just a heap of trouble. And, and we were talking about the aspect of here, here, was, this, here was this young lady that, that made, she made a decision that she was going to leave this place. And I said, now, I said, I've never been, I've never lived in the transitional center. I said, I don't know what life is like there other than what I may see for a few moments when I'm there. I said, but tell me if I'm wrong. The transitional center has to be better than prison. And Kathy went, oh, 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 you got it, you know, and I'm going, so what you're telling me is that when the decision was made to flee, you, 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 you have to know that that that's the, that's the consequences, and if you're only living in the moment, you're going. I don't, I don't care about that. What do you mean you don't care about? It? You have to care about that. That's those are the things that determine the decisions you make. And so it is with so it is with us as as believers. We have to we have to know what what's in the future, what the future holds. We talked about Wednesday night. He that has this hope purifies himself even as he is pure, 1 John chapter 3. Why? Well, 
when you understand what you have in the future, you want to live, you want to live for God because this is, this is what's ahead of me. So Paul writes in, in, the, in the book of uh, Ephesians, and he, he just has a greeting, um, a greeting that he gives, and it's, it's um, excuse me. Come on. There we go. He, he gives this greeting, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, those are one and the same. The saints are those who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, now he gets started. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Did you, did you hear that? God... The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, <clears throat> Jesus is speaking to his disciples on the mount on, uh, during the Sermon on the Mount. And he says to them, he says, Lay up treasures in heaven. Because the treasures that you lay up in heaven, they can't erode. There's no moth. There's no rust. There's nothing that can eat away or erode those, those treasures that you lay in heaven. He said, do that rather than be concerning yourself with laying up treasures here on the earth. Because what happens? Well, <clears throat> thieves can come in and steal. Okay, uh, moths can eat away, rust can corrode it, and you next thing you know, the riches that you thought you had, you no longer have because they've been, they've been eaten away. And here, Paul says, he has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You know that there's, there's a spiritual blessing is a blessing that lasts forever. And he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing that you could possibly think of we, has already been, it's, it's already there in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now, there are a couple of words that appear in this passage of Scripture that we're going to look about today. And, and there will be those, maybe not in this room, but there will be those who might hear my voice if, you know, if they listen on the SoundCloud or, or, or in other ways, uh, they, would, they would disagree with me. <clears throat> and that's okay. Um, there are a couple of words that appear here, uh, and they come as the word chose, they come as the word predestined, they come as the word, in some way, uh, words are election. Okay? Now, there are those who believe and... Um, they believe that there are certain people who have been chosen to be lost and there are certain people who have been chosen to be born again. That's called um, election or predestination, okay? But 
when I read in the scriptures, it seems to me that the word election and the word predestination and the word chosen all come and, and are pertaining to those who have already come to know Christ. Because the, the word says, he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Okay? Now I realize that, you, that someone can't come. Someone of their own, a, a, a sinful person, can't, by their own volition, by their own, just their own desire, they, they just decide, I'm going to come to God. It can't be done. The depravity of man is so great, the sinfulness of man is so great, that he cannot come to God himself. He has to be drawn to God. Okay? By the Holy Spirit. No one, no one can draw a person but the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, no man comes to me except the Father draw him. Well, how does the Father draw him? Well, by the Holy Spirit. Draws that person puts puts conviction in that heart of, the, of a person I was talking to an, uh, to someone yesterday um, and and we were having a conversation and our conversation started because that individual was having similar situ uh, similar problems with their back as I was having and we, we just got in the conversation and in the conversation um, I wasn't certain of where they stood as far as their belief or understanding of God. They, they are a, a daycare family, but we have families in the daycare that don't go to church anywhere, aren't necessarily believers, but they love the daycare and they love what they're, what's happening with their kids and they, they keep bringing them. But I, in this conversation, um, this, uh, this person said to me, I was watching a, a move, I was watching something on either Discovery or the National Geographic or something, and it was about Jesus and they were talking about his crucifixion and what the Romans did to him. Okay, and so um, if through further conversation, I determined that I'm not certain that this person is a believer. Okay, I'm not certain that they're a believer, simply because some of the some phraseology and things that they that they use. But anyway. They said, I've watched this movie about, or this thing about Jesus and his crucifixion, and she said, when I thought about the way they put the nails in his wrists, and, and, and she said, and I, I am living in this unimaginable pain in my back. She said, I simply began to weep at the thought of what Jesus went through. Now, when I heard that, I walked away from there and I just went, God, you are at work. You're working in her life. What's happening there? Well, God used a secular show that probably in, in most instances was not even coming across as Jesus being the Savior of the world. He was prob they probably came across as him being a victim of, of Roman execution, which is the way it mostly most times comes across. But God, what was God doing? God was putting something in that individual's heart to begin to see that Jesus had done something 
that he had done something and it had been done for us as individuals, what God is doing. God's drawing. That's how it works. So I want you to, I want you to understand that there is a, the drawing power of God. <clears throat> but the choosing, and you'll see this from the context, the choosing and the predestination and the election is all after a person comes to Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. That was his, that was his end game for us, if you will. To be holy and blameless. He, he decided before the creation of the world that those, those of us who would who would respond to his call that what he, was, what he was wanting for us is that we would be holy and blameless in his sight. Listen, I want you to understand something, that God, God had this thing mapped out from the very beginning. There were no surprises. Adam and Eve sinning in the garden was not a surprise to God. God didn't come down in the cool of the day that one day and go, you know, hey, Adam, where are you? And Adam goes, uh, well, we're hiding because we're naked. Well, we told you you were naked. Well, you know, the woman that you gave me, she ate of the fruit and then she gave it to me. And, and now we're now we all of a sudden we realize we're naked. Now, God questions them and says, what have you done? But he wasn't surprised. <clears throat> He wasn't, oh my goodness, oh my myself. <laughs> O-M-M, -M. oh my myself. I have to come up with a different plan. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 13, the lamb, it speaks about the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. He chose us in him. He didn't, he didn't choose you and not choose you and choose you and not choose you. He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. That was what he intended to have happen. Was for us to be holy and blameless in his sight. And the way that he did that, and we've explained this to you numerous times, it won't hurt you to be reminded of it again. He did that. You understand, in, under the law, people could not keep the law. They couldn't. It's not that they didn't want to keep the law. Man, the Israelites, when they were standing in front of Mount Sinai and the thunder and the lightning and the smoke and everything else was coming up off the top of the mountain, and Moses came and said, look, God says this is the covenant that he wants to make with you. And they said, yay, we'll do everything that he says. And that lasted like no time at all. Why? There was nothing in here 
that could help them to keep the law. And so for hundreds of years, the law was in play and people tried to keep the law and they failed to keep the law. So they would take a sacrifice and they would sacrifice the animal and the blood of that animal would cover their sins and they, and they would go on and they would try to keep the law and they would fail and then they would go and sacrifice for their sins. And, and, and that process went on for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And the Bible says when the fullness of time was come, God sent His Son. And Jesus became the final sacrifice for sins. But not just to forgive us our sins. Jesus said, if, he said to his disciples, if I stay here, I can't send you the Comforter. I can't send you the Spirit. I have to go back to the Father. Now, he already died for our sins. Had he not? Had he, already, he already died for our sins. He'd already risen from the dead. But in order for the Spirit to come, he had to leave. And so he leaves and goes back to the Father. And he sends the Holy Spirit. And now every one of us sitting in this room, we're not filled with God's Spirit because we're sitting in this room together. We could scatter to the four winds of the earth. We could scatter and be thousands of miles apart and we could each still be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is what makes it possible for us to walk with God every day in victory, to please God, to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That Spirit is what makes it possible for us to be holy and blameless in His sight, and God mapped it out from the creation of the world. Whoa. Now listen to what He says. In love. This is one of my favorite verses of Scripture. And the reason for that, many of you will understand. Because, I, because of that one word that appears in there. In love... He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will to the praise of His glorious grace which He freely has freely given us in the one He loves. There are those there are those in the room today that have been adopted by parents. But you know what? If you're a believer, we're all adopted. God has a pretty high view of adoption, doesn't He? He has a pretty high view of adoption. He thinks it's pretty, he, he think it's pretty good. He say, in love, He predestined us to be adopted as His sons. We weren't His sons. We weren't his daughters. We were alienated from him. We were, off, we were actually the, the sons and the daughters of the enemy. But then Christ came, and through Jesus Christ, we have, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons. We came into the kingdom. We responded to the call of God. We responded to the, to the, to the grace of Jesus, and he adopted us into his family. He said, you weren't my child. Now you are. You weren't my son, 
Now you are. Now, do you not think that the idea of being a son of God or a daughter of God would carry with it obviously certain responsibilities, but there are also certain benefits and perks, if you will, if you want to use the word perk. What? All those blessings in the heavenly realms are ours. So, in love He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. It wasn't something He was forced to do. It was something He wanted to do. He wanted to do it not because He needed us, not because He Well, he just had to have us be his children. He did it out of his pleasure and his will to the praise of his glorious grace. To the praise of his glorious grace. Would you do me a favor right now? Would you join me for just a moment? And while we're doing this, I just, I know we, I know you know the words to this, but I just want those, the words to, this, to just sink in. Just, just let the words sink into you. Okay? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. To the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us in the one He loves. Once I was lost, but now I'm found. Predestined to be a, to be a son of God through Jesus Christ. In Him, very quickly, in Him we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. I love that word lavished. Ladies, have you ever had someone lavish you with anything? Um, my wife, if you, if you uh, look at her, you examine her hands and her ears and her neck and, um, well, particularly her fingers, you will see that her husband has lavished her with golden diamonds. 
over years, over years, okay? And why did I do that? I mean, occasionally she would throw a hint and say, I've got a finger that's empty. But most of the time it was just simply because I knew how much she enjoyed them and I wanted to do it because I loved her. You see, it, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us. You see, what it, God's grace... God's grace doesn't come about from anything that you and I have done. That's a, that's a false been labeled hyper-grace. That's a, that's a false teaching. Where it's just all about, it's all about grace and you can just do whatever you want whenever you want and it's all about God's grace. There's no... There's no change of life. There's no behavioral changes because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. You just do whatever you want, but God's grace is just, it just, it continually makes it okay for you. It even comes through in some of the songs that are written because there's a great song out there that, that talks about, uh, um, uh, you know, sometimes I fail, but grace says it doesn't matter. No, grace doesn't say it doesn't matter. It does matter. But grace will give you forgiveness if you confess. He lavished that grace on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and earth together under one head, even Christ. He made known the mystery of his will, and his will was that we should be holy and blameless, that we should be adopted as his children, that we should, that we should have as our benefits all of the blessings the heavenly blessings that can possibly be made. And it all came about because of what Christ did on the cross, in the grave, and in going back to heaven. In Him, we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of His glory. So, the, the, essentially, those who first came to Christ, this is what he's talking about here, those who first came to Christ, that's what he says, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of His glory. Now listen, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, <clears throat> the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. You and I, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Now listen, I want you to understand what that word seal means. God did not put us in a mason jar and close the lid and seal us in. That's not what that word seal means. Okay? 
What that seal means is, is that you and I, when we came to Christ, we received the Spirit of the living God. Now, we're going to talk next week about what that means because there's a powerful prayer of, of Paul's in the, in the latter part of chapter 1. There's a powerful prayer of Paul. But listen, you and I received into our being the Holy Spirit of the living God who created all things. That Spirit lives within us. And it is a mark. Now, if you have to understand the idea of a covenant here. And many people, when they entered into a covenant, they would, they would cut themselves and they would rub dirt in their wound so that when it healed, there was always that dark mark on their arm somewhere where they could see it all the time. And that dark mark was a reminder to them that they were in covenant with another individual. Very quickly, that's a quick explanation of it. When you came to Christ, when you believed in Jesus, when you confessed, you said, I'm, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. God could have, like He did in the Old Testament. What did He do in the Old Testament? In the Old Testament, when, when people were born into, the Jewish, into a Jewish family, what did He do? Well, if they were male, He marked them as His through circumcision. And that mark was a sign of the covenant. Every man who went through that was reminded that he was in covenant with an almighty God. In the New Testament, God gave us the Spirit, and, the, and He says here, we were marked in Him with a seal. In other words, it was like taking hot wax and pouring it in and taking a ring and putting a mark in it, that seal... It, instead of doing that to our bodies, He did it to our hearts, and the promised Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. Listen, what that Spirit that you and I have within us, the Holy Spirit of God, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, Witnesses with our spirit, Romans chapter 8, that what? We are the children of God. That mark, that seal, that Holy Spirit, the, the seal, the mark, is the Holy Spirit. Okay? It's not a physical mark. It's not something you can look at. It's an internal mark that says, you belong to me. I'm yours. And you're mine. And that spirit is a deposit. The joy and the, and the blessings and the things that you feel and that you experience through the Holy Spirit now, man, they're just the down payment on what God has for you in the future when your full redemption takes place. Because we're in a cycle, folks. We are in a cycle. There was a time when you were saved. There was a time when you confessed your sins, you believed in Christ, and you, and you, and you were saved. You are now, as you live right now, you are in the process of being saved, or sanctified, as you may, as you may want to call it. But there is, a, there is a growing 
process. See? And I'm going I'm to say this to you here. Just, just hang on to me for just a little bit. And I'm almost finished. Here's what I'm going to tell you. There's a question that people ask, and I think it's the wrong question. It gets the, it gets the conversation started, but somebody will say to, when, when, well, when were you saved? And people will automatically go back to the date or the time when they asked Jesus into the heart. Man, I'm being saved right now. I'm being saved right now. Well, what do you mean? You're being saved all over? No, you, you're confessing your sins all over? No, no, I'm being saved right now. Why? Well, because right now, here today, in this moment, I am, my faith is in Jesus Christ. It's not just what I prayed 40 years ago or 45 years ago. It's real, it's alive, and it's right now. My faith in Christ is right now. I am in the moment saved by faith in Jesus Christ. And I am going to be saved when He comes again and I finally get to stand before Him and for eternity I will be saved and in His presence to the praise of His glory. See? But the Spirit of God right now, the Holy Spirit of God, that's the deposit that guarantees Okay? That's the deposit that guarantees my inheritance. And that spirit witnesses to my spirit and says, you belong to the Father. You're His. Oh, I'm a child of God? Oh, how does that mean? How does that, what is, how does that change my behavior? How does, well, what it does is now I want to please my Father, don't you? You want to please your Father. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I want to please my Father. We have everything going for us, folks. We have everything going for us. We have a Father who loves us. We have a Savior who's praying for us. And we have a Spirit that's indwelling us. And all the blessings of heaven are at our disposal. And yet we have, and yet we have folks who are dwelling and telling us and, and pushing the fact that what we ought to be emphasizing is how much we can accumulate here on this earth. Oh, man, God wants to bless you with a big house and a big car and lots of money. He just wants to pour out, blah, 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 go on and on and on. And yet, and yet the Word says, wait a minute. Those are spiritual blessings that God has poured out on us. Does God, is God not going to pour out material blessings on us? Well, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. <clears throat> so apparently He does want to bless us with material blessings, but we have to keep in mind that the material blessings are going to go by the wayside. Material blessings are not eternal. Spiritual blessings are eternal. Why wouldn't we seek that which is eternal instead of that which is temporary? Bless the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for choosing us to be holy and blameless. Thank You 
in love, you predestined us to be adopted as your children. Thank you for that. Thank you for blessing us with all spiritual blessings. We just, this, this passage of your word, the words that you have spoken through the Apostle Paul are so full and so powerful, Lord. We just, we just acknowledge that we thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives within us. We thank you that he helps us to walk, that he helps us to love you, that he, that he keeps us looking toward you, keeps us on the, on the straight and narrow, watches our steps, guides our steps. We thank you for all of that. We thank you for the difference the Spirit makes in our lives. Lord, may the Spirit of God cause us to be filled with a love for you that where we can just say, I love the Lord my God with all my heart, my soul, and my strength. And Father, we do that. The desire to follow you, the desire to not do anything that would in any way displease you will be so profound and so at the forefront with us that we will walk with you, that we will walk in the Spirit, and we will walk in victory each and every day. Father, I just want to pray for my sisters at the Transitional Center this morning that weren't able to come here, but for the whole group, Lord. Um, <coughs> we pray, Lord, for this one that uh, decided that it was, it was worth the consequences to, to leave. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you will work in her life in a powerful way to help her to realize that looking at the consequences and looking down the road are always in our best interests. And I just pray, Lord, that you will do a mighty work in her life to draw her to you. And we pray for each and every girl at, that, at the Transitional Center. Lord, thank you for the ministry that you've given us there. We thank you for Chaplain Burke. We thank you for her, uh, for her ministry and her desire to, uh, to guide these girls to a, a knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Uh, we know that's a, a, a big task, and we just pray that your spirit will enable her in a powerful way. We pray that not a single girl would ever leave that place without knowing the Lord Jesus as their Savior. And we know that there are quite a few there, Lord, that have never made that profession of faith, and so we lift them up to you. Uh, we pray, Lord, today for the, the ministry of the uh, EE Prison Ministries, and we just thank you, Lord, for Brother Art and, and for his staff, and we just thank you, Lord, for the, the message of the gospel that goes out from there and the lives that are being changed for eternity through that ministry. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of that in, in so many ways. And, uh, Lord, we also want to pray for Love Serves, and, and we thank you, Lord, we just for the letter we got with it. Nearly 10,000 adults have come to Christ in the past year through the coaching and the ministry of Love Serves. And we just praise your name for how you are using that ministry to bring so many people uh, to faith in Christ. We pray for our missionaries. We pray for each of them, Lord, in their, at their own place. We pray for Todd and Shelley as they as they seek your, your will for their immediate future. We pray for Chris, who is home on uh, home missions, and we pray, Lord, that it will be a great time for her, and we look forward to her time with us in a few, a few more weeks. And, and so, uh, Father, we pray for the work as, as she is gone, that it will continue 
uh, the gospel will continue to be preached there among the Assam people. And for our, uh, for our daycare, Father, we thank you for the daycare. We thank you for the great turnout from the daycare families to the festival yesterday. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to a number of them. And Lord, we just, that is our, that is our closest and primary ministry right here in this building. And we thank you for Darlene and for our staff, and we thank you for how they are touching the lives of these families uh, all the time and, and what that means. And Lord, may it just result in an increase in your kingdom um, through, through that ministry. And now I pray, Lord, that you'll take us from this place, that we will be ever mindful of who we belong to, who our Father is, who we've been adopted by, and may it will affect our behavior, it will affect how we relate to the world, and people will see the life of Jesus in us. In your name we pray, amen.